Welcome to the Let's Get Into It coaching podcast. My name is Joanne McMillan from joanne.ie and I'm delighted that you have joined me. Each of the episodes are filled with coaching and lessons on how to tune into our intuition, how to become more intuitively aware and how to use our intuition as a guide in our daily life. I'm so excited to get started. So let's get into it. Okay, so hello everybody and welcome again to the Let's Get Into It coaching podcast. So today I have a really special guest with me. We are having coffee with Dave <laughs> and David King is um, the owner of King Fitness in Athlone and he's also the owner of and founder of the Wolf Walks Ireland and he's just one amazing human being all around. I cannot wait to see what this conversation is going to bring up. <laughs> like all of these conversations are very much intuitive-led so we never know what's going to come up. So I am really looking forward to it and Dave I, I certainly did not do you justice by introducing you so I don't know if you want to start even just telling us a little bit more about who you are. You have a very interesting background, very interesting history. And um, yeah, just tell us a little bit more about who, you, what has brought you to today. <laughs> it's like all of the stories that brought you to today. Okay. Uh, first of all, thanks so much for having me on and also for the amazing intro that you gave me. Um, I'll try and live up to that. And I suppose before I start is... Is this going out as a video recording as well, or is it just audio? Both, sure. Well, both. put it out as both. Perfect. Beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, for, do you know something with podcasts? So I've, I've actually attended podcasts myself, and I listen to quite a lot of podcasts. And I can tell when podcasts are scripted, when the interviewee has sent out certain questions and they're ready to with the answers. So I'm actually quite intrigued and interested to, to see how this goes, because it was just let's go on a call and here, yes. here we are and um, which for me is is a great way because whatever answers that come up or whatever conversation we just go with the flow and you said something at the start there about um intuition and it's it's really what i've learned to work on over the years so so first up i'll try and keep this short you know i talk quite a lot That's but okay. <laughs> how deep do i go in my backgrounds back to the starts back to why i'm here my journey yeah, what just what whatever you want to share with us today, okay. it feels important to share that has brought you to this place where you are today. Beautiful. Today, the thirtieth oh. of November today. So, <laughs> what has brought you to this place? <laughs> um, I'm a forty-eight-year-old dad, which I struggle with, not with being a dad, but the age. So, the forty-eight is kind of a scary thing for me, because I realise now that I am I'm entering a phase in my life where I should be mature. And um, the choices and decisions I make should, should reflect that. But as, I, as with all of us, I think there's a bit of a, a child inside of us. There's a creative side. There's that intuition and good. And I know for me, I like to embrace that and, and see where life takes me. While I have great foundations and great belief in my life and love of the life that I have, I love to experience and, and take myself out of my comfort zone. And that's from everything, from per to parenting to write to um, doing something strange, like getting into a, a river of cold water um, just in a spur of the moment. So it's kind of invigorating. But I, I suppose going back to the very start, um, I'm from Dublin originally, and the main impact on my life was losing my father when I was 11. 
So when I when we we moved from Dublin and my father suddenly passed away at 33, which as with everybody that has that loses their parents or someone close to them, it has a massive impact on them. But I think for me, at that stage in my life, I felt some of the blame because I, I believed he worked so hard to provide for us. And we had we had recently moved house. So it was a priority to get us out of Dublin. Not that Dublin's a bad place, but it was just to have a a different kind of lifestyle and when I think about it he worked so hard to provide Christmas presents for us to make us to be a dad and that's what he was but I took it as a negative I was angry with the world I was angry with God if there is one I was angry with myself and I felt he overworked to create something for me and provide for us so I, I had that self-blame from very 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 early on and while People who know me over the years might sound shocked or say that's not true, even my family, because they would have seen me as the happy or lucky kid who played football, who I didn't excel in school um, academically. I wouldn't have been great with the, uh, with the book work. Maybe that's down to my creative side. I don't know. But um, for arts and English, I excelled. But for the, the, the mathematics and that kind of stuff, I just was not interested in it. But during my school years, I struggled with um, the loss of my dad. And even now when I talk about it, I get emotional because I can still see the day he left. I can nearly feel that pain in here, which I, I think never leaves us. It never leaves you when you, you lose someone close to you. But I, I progressed and I, I didn't want someone to look up to. I didn't want a leader. I didn't want anybody in my life apart from him. So I tended to make my own decisions in in silence in darkness and I, I chose my own paths and I, I I wasn't a rebel but I went I went against the grain as in I got college I got two college courses that um, my family were unaware of but um, I didn't take them because I had a burning desire to uh, join the military and follow in its footsteps which I did um, in the military I had a highly successful career absolutely loved my army life I loved being a soldier it was my identity. For me, it was my calling. I wanted to leave the military in a box, which is end my career there um, to die a soldier. And that was my, that was my, my, I don't want to say my goal in life, but it was how I saw my life unfolding. Um, now, over the years, I've had obviously different relationships, different experiences. And my path has taken me um, to a wonderful lady, Sandra, who is, and we hear this quite a lot in movies and we hear it quite a lot in the fluffy um, relationships that it's your, my soulmate. And then the following year, we see they're divorced and they have another soulmate. But for me, I've definitely found my soulmate in Sandra. And we, that reflects in our, in our two boys, AJ and Casey, who are five and eight. Um, so we have a beautiful family hub. Um, I left the military down to making a choice that what comes first for me now is family. Mm -hmm. And I had the greatest respect for all work-related um, individuals who have to leave their, their family on for a period of time, whether it's a day, whether it's a month, whether it's six months. And especially for me being close to the military, I can't emphasize how difficult it is to leave your kids to travel to a war-torn country. And it was something I wasn't willing to do. Um, whether or not that's because I'd experienced it and I didn't want to leave my kids because um, I was over 40 when we, we or touching 40 when we had AJ. So it was late in life and I want to experience and embrace as much of 
their lives as I can, which for me tells me that it's something that I missed out on. So I want to be there for them. I want to be there as much as I can for them. So I, did, I made the, the tough decision, very, very tough decision to retire um, after 21 years. And I haven't looked back in the family aspects, but I have looked back in the loss again that I see. I've, I've lost that community, that stability. I've lost that routine. And I, I felt over the years I've lost my identity because I've always wanted to be the dad that was a soldier. Um, and have that identity and that uniform, that purpose in life. And I felt I lost direction over the last few years. But luckily enough, through hard work, endeavor, through stepping out of my comfort zone, taking chances and taking action and not being afraid to dip my toe in the water. Um, I've, I've found, yeah, I've, I've found a passion. And it's strange because I, I meet ex-army colleagues or people from years back and they don't recognize me as the same person because I, I have changed completely. And mm. um, for the better, I believe, my personality, the way I interact with people, my energy, and how I like to portray myself. Um, so that's kind of the bones of it. Yeah. As, as I, I said, I like to talk. Yeah, no. <laughs> this no. is your podcast, sorry. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, it's all good. And it's like, it's, it's really, I'm so intrigued by people's stories and you know in the superpreneur program that you know it's like that's one of the very first exercises I ask people to do is what are the the stories the people the the events that happened in your life that have shaped you to be who you are today because if, if it weren't for any of those events we wouldn't be who we are today and here we are you know talking on this podcast or people who do the course and it's like so what have brought you here and the thing is when we step into business or we step into new adventures or whatever, we don't leave those experiences behind us. They very firmly come with us. <laughs> they, they're still very much part of us. So if we have, you know, things that, and I know it's like, I can hear from what you're saying and, you know, from knowing you a couple of years, it's like, this is, you've done a lot of work on this and processing that loss and loss of your dad, but loss of the identity and leaving the military behind and all of that. But if we don't do our inner work around that, it's like we take, I want to say that baggage with us, you know, it doesn't matter where we go. And it's not, okay, I put on the suit now, I'm going into work. So all of that stays behind. No, it still very much comes with you, you know? So it's like, I'm always interested to hear about people's stories and what have shaped them. And, you know, and, you know, during my, my years as a psychotherapist, Dave, it's like, I've really come to learn this, like, it's it's these really I want to call I don't want to call them sad events these these big events in our lives that crack us open that really lets the light in you know and you know you know the most amazing people I have met that I've learned so much from in my life have been touched by trauma in some way or another you know and it's like and they've literally been broken open by life you know and it's like, and I, I suppose, and that's partly why I'm interested in hearing people's stories as well and what have brought them to where they are today, because, you know, we, it's not that we need to acknowledge those, but at the same time, it's like finding spaces and healthy spaces for those events in our lives and in our journeys is so important, you know, that we, it really matters how we relate to those, you know. 
Yeah, it's um, it's something that I've I've obviously learned over the years now. Um, I, I do believe that a lot of resilience is built up yes. through through your life experience, through your traumas, and we can even see with elite athletes that achieve that a lot of them come from a background which was uh, I, I like to say damaged or it was restricted. They had their traumas. They've had their um, whether or not they were poor growing up or came from a bad area, and some people will use that as an excuse to say, I can't achieve, I can't get to those places because I live from, I'm in this area or I don't have the money or I don't have the experience or the knowledge or I can't quote stats. Yes. Whereas a lot of athletes and um, a lot of special forces, a lot of people who achieve in business, they've come from a background where they've had to work hard yeah. and it's down to their self-reflection, their self-awareness and taking ownership and saying to themselves, do you know what? I, I can do this. Yeah. Um, I, I can achieve and I, and I can succeed. Yeah. And I think when I when I left the military, I felt successful. I felt powerful. Um, I used to say I was bulletproof to a certain extent because I could put on that body armor, wear that uniform, mm. um, and I could show up as that soldier. And when I left that behind, it was difficult for me to get up every morning because I wasn't sure what I, 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 was, I was or who I was. Yeah. Yeah. And I craved a label. I craved an identity. And with the utmost respect to ex-military personnel around the world, we're mm. kind of pigeonholed into becoming a taxi driver or a security guard yes. because we're seen as that's all we have to offer. Yeah. But every individual, no matter where you work, you have so much more to offer. And if you're working in a job that you feel you're good at, but mm. you have more to offer, mm. it's really up to you to ultimately make a change and to say, I can do something different and I, I can achieve more. Um, but stories for me is, is key. Yeah. Um, I switch off when I listen to audiobooks or podcasts where they keep on quoting um, research. Yes. And a study done in 86 and a study done in 74. <laughs> For me, it's the story, it's the person, it's yeah. the, what they've experienced and how they got there. That, that awakens my intuition and awakens my energy. Yes. Where I, I think I, I can do that. I, I can achieve. Yeah. Because we, we like to relate to somebody. And I feel because I'm more open to talking to people and to sharing my story, the amount of people who have connected with me who have lost a parent or um, who have had, I've never had been diagnosed as having depression, but I know at various stages in my life, I was depressed. I was suicidal. Mm. I had moments in my life where it was just complete darkness. Mm. And without gaining help from the outside and mm. staying on my own, I luckily managed to battle through that. And I always think of whether it's an analogy or, or how you'd, you'd use this is, if you're if you can't swim and you're in a lake mm. if you don't try you're going to drown mm. if you try and paddle and keep mm. your head afloat mm. you may get to the edge yeah. so sometimes when we're in dark places all we have to do is paddle yes and if we can keep our head out of water we can ask for help if we don't know how to ask for help we can still try and paddle and get to the edge now every situation is obviously different and people are in different places but i'm, I'm blessed to be one of those people who dug deep inside and said there's, there's more to life. I, I want to be here. Yes. And I have great reasons to live now. I have fantastic reasons to live. And um, I'm just happy to, to be here. Yeah. And well, we're happy you're here too. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, just for everybody listening to this is I spent another beautiful day with Dave um, on Sunday where the superpreneurs that were finishing off their course had a wolf walk 
with Dave in the forest and it was such a beautiful day and it's like, I don't know is it sometimes I feel really challenged by the simplest of exercises that <laughs> gets us to do or you know ask us these reflective questions on the day but it's like I once again it's I'm amazed every time I'm on one of these it's like how my core process just pops up <laughs> by the simplest thing that we need to do on the day and it's like yeah and there Joanne was again finding the hardest way out <laughs> it's like she would go with the easy way she will find the hard way to do things <laughs> it's like you know takes you on all kinds of loopholes and journeys and things but eventually get back on the road and yeah so it was an amazing day and for anybody listening who has not done a wolf walk with Dave you need to do a wolf walk with Dave you will not be sorry it's an amazing amazing day and once again what I love about how you do that or organize the days or how you prepare for a Dave is that you so tune into the group and and you know they're like you say you know as the group brings their energy and all of that but even beforehand with your preparation you start tuning into the group whether I don't know whether you know it or not <laughs> and you 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 put together a series of things for all the group members to do on the day whoever is there and it's always so accurate I was amazed at some of the things that came out and you had no idea of the 12 weeks that we spent together the themes of the the, the group that popped up and how the things that you did with us on Sunday just reflected that. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> like he had no idea, but, and here it is. So um, yes, totally. If anybody definitely um, wants to do a wolf walk with Dave, you will not be sorry. But so talking about the wolf walks, Dave, it's like, I know when you left the military, you built up a very successful gym in Athlone um, with, uh, you know, um, I want to say elite membership <laughs> yeah and it's um yeah a great thriving business but then you also got called more to nature and doing I suppose more towards you the calling within yourself as well and wanting to do more so tell us a little bit more about that as like how how tell what did you answer in yourself that you started to do coaching with people and not just physical coaching or physical you know kind of training but um kind of deeper mind training and emotional and heart so tell us more about that um it's a really really good question and uh, I'm, I'm not really sure if i have the answer apart from i when i left the military i actually started out as a, as a physical therapist so i did neuromuscular therapy and movement therapy and um for me while I, I created a good enough business with that and i could have put in the hard work and let it let it grow i wasn't passionate about it mm. Um, still I wanted to help people but I wasn't sure how I wanted to help people and the therapy was one step and um, I've always been involved in fitness in the military I was a personal trainer in the military as well so that was a natural progression into civilian life and it was something I could hold on to and uh, but myself and Sandra do have uh, King Fitness Studio um, plus the children's fitness rinka and it's what we're both passionate about which is fantastic as a couple to be able to help people um, in mind body and spirit and I still felt with doing classes, with doing personal training, why I love it, I'm, it's not my passion. I like, I like that aspect, but I believe I've more to offer. And a lot of us are afraid to say that. We mm -hmm. kind of say, okay, I should be happy with what I have. I have an income or I, I can work hard at this. But I felt in here there was something missing from it. I wanted to, to help more people. Mm -hmm. 
and I know you don't like to to hear the thanks and the the praise, but mm-hmm. I've been I was lucky enough to meet you, Joanne, through um, a mutual friend, and we had a business event, and I really connected with you, and dare I say, your your quirky approach, and at at the time for me it was what I'd associate with um, hippies and fairies, and I mean no offense to anybody by that, but it was my my first real experience of meditation it was my first real experience of looking inward and finding the answers in here and not looking outside for courses for academic stuff and i really felt my energy changed and how i listened to people and how i connected with people and for me there was there was one point when i realized that that this was for me um but working with, with you on developing the coffee with Dave and maybe doing videos to help people with their mindset. Because I, again, I believe that I have something to offer. Um, I was on a walk that I was on my own in Glendalough. Anybody not familiar with it, it's a beautiful place in the Garden of Ireland. And I went for an early morning swim in the lake, which was quite cold, quite crisp, and no one around. And it was the first time I felt part of the magic. I felt part of nature. I felt part of life and it was the enormity of the, the land around me, the mountains, the trees, the smells, the silence, the stillness and the breaths. And I reconnected with myself there. And we hear of these light bulb moments, which I sometimes laugh at and people, oh, I had a light bulb moment and my life changed. But for me, that was one of the moments um, that I, I, decided, I made a decision because everything we do in life, we, we have to choose. So I made a decision to step out of my comfort zone and, and get after it is like what I say. So working with you, put a plan in place to help people. And out of that, develop the wolf walks because I'm at my most comfortable. It's, it's my habitat, my natural habitat is in the forest. Um, I stay there all day. I don't need the phone. I don't need distractions. The forest is life for me and it represents what we are. It's um, an ecosystem and it's similar to our own bodies. Our bodies are an ecosystem and it's, it's thriving. So I really connected with that. And with the work I did with you and embracing breath, embracing meditation, which is something as a soldier, I didn't want to know about. I, I really tapped into my intuition and I do believe I have, I won't call it a skill. I call it a natural ability for connecting with people in an energetic way, in a positive way and empathic as well, where I can sometimes almost feel their pain and I can, I can jump right into to where they are and it's something that we, we all have if we're open to it and the wolf walks really led on from there because while the wolf walks are structured and as you said i plan for them i may go down and check out the area because that's my background i have a plan in place from the army i have a structure and um, medical stuff uh, fallbacks that kind of thing and safety but it's the connection with the individuals whether it's over email, whether it's over a message on WhatsApp, it's their wording. I don't analyze it. I don't use research. I just go with how I feel and try and connect with that person, even without touching them or without being close to them. And we, we have, as humans, that ability to do that. And I always use a story when people doubt it because we're, we are naturally, we doubt things and we want to, to study, to prove it. And um, I always use say for example my grandmother would have been at a dance in a hall and she would have looked across her shoulder and she would have felt the stare or the eyes of a boy who was attracted to her from across the room so without actually 
being close or having contact, you can feel that and you get that energy connection. Mm -hmm. And to use a military story, it's like as a sniper looks looks through a scope of a rifle, sometimes the target, even up to a mile away, will get that feeling and turn and know something's wrong, something's going to happen. And that's your intuition, it's your gut, it's your inner radar telling you there's something wrong or there's something right. And we can react to that. So the, the wolf walk is really, it's while it's planned on the day, everything changes for me. Yeah. Locations change and the way I speak changes. And, and that's just down to, it's down to two things, I believe. It's me as a leader mm-hmm. being open to that. But it's also the individuals who arrive and trust me with their, their spirit and their soul and trust me with their energy. And from there, we can map out um, an experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. I hope that makes sense. It was a bit of a... Oh, no. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Anybody who listens to this kind of podcast, it will make sense too. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I've always had a fear of doing podcasts and interviews or radio interviews. If I ever get to that level where I'll be interviewed, I've always had a fear that, and I, I think... Fear obviously causes anxiety that I'll say the wrong thing or I'll give the wrong quote or, and and that's why, and some people may see it as a laziness or you're not clever enough because you don't have the the stats to back it up. But for for me, responses and reactions and how we we speak and communicate is if we can do that from the heart and from the gut, it outweighs by far the stuff that we find in books and we can share, share how we feel. And how we impact others. Absolutely. And, and and you know my belief, Dave. Anybody who is meant to listen to this will listen to mm. it. <laughs> Anybody who's meant to hear it will hear it, you know, yeah, for yeah. whatever reason. And yeah, so I'm I I suppose it's not that I've given over responsibility and are irresponsible with what I say or what I share, but like that is um, like I said at the start of this, you know. I very much love to go with the flow of the conversation and the connection and see what emerges. And yeah, and I trust that. And I hand over the responsibility to whoever listens to this, that, that they hear what they need to hear. <laughs> it's not, that's not my responsibility, <laughs> you know, and that's, yeah, that took a couple of years of work <laughs> to let that go. But yeah, but it's like, but it's so amazing. It's like, and I, I have a question that I ask most people um, on this, but, and I, I just have a feeling to ask it now. It's like, tell us about times that you have listened to your intuition and how did you know to listen to it? I know that's a very abstract question, but okay. it's like, or any, any moment, and I know you have a lot of them, but it's like any moment that you know, it's like, I listened to my intuition there um, okay. that you want to share. <laughs> Yeah, um, there's, there's probably a, a lot that we that we do unknown ourselves every day. Mm-hmm. We we make decisions based on our gut. We we might take a different turn or we might change direction and mm-hmm. we might not know why. Yes. But I I think um, we've heard stories over the years where a lady might choose a different route home, where there was actually someone waiting in a dark laneway. Mm-hmm. If she had went on normal route, she might have been attacked. And um, why she did it we never know it's down to her her as i call it her radar that yeah. um she decided to make a decision to go a different way for me um oh here's the question that i didn't want to be on the spot um, and <laughs> i think 
I do recall um, a patrol I was on in Liberia when we had to, um, at a time, Liberia, Monrovia, there was civil war, and I was there with the, with, um, the Irish military on my second six-month tour. And on, on the patrol we had, deep in the jungle, we had um, a vehicle that was broken down. So as I was in command of an armored car, we stayed with the vehicle and we tried to recover it and follow the patrol. So we were, we were left to our own devices um, in, a, in a jungle, which in, in a war-torn country, really. And we had to catch up with the patrol then as soon as we were ready. Now, obviously, we were armed and we were well-trained and we had procedures. But I think on that patrol, we had various different options where we could have taken different routes and followed the map, followed the, the guidelines that were given to us. But without going into too much detail, I veered off course numerous times. We went against our training and used our gut, or, or not just me, there were other soldiers involved. Um, we used our intuition to change things up with the recovery aspect of this vehicle um, and to take different routes, which I, I do believe um, helped us avoid certain areas and avoid possible scenarios that we didn't want to be in. And we, we made it back to our, to our camp. And to a lot of people, it's a normal thing. It's, okay, you recovered a vehicle in the jungle and got back in darkness. But when you look at the, the, the what-ifs, and we always tell, her, tell us these things ourselves, what if this happens, what if that happens? When you're in a situation where you feel under pressure, you feel your life could be in danger, or you feel in command of a situation and you need to step up and be a leader, mm. then for me, you need to trust your gut. Mm. And I know of other incidents with military personnel where we've been trained to, to react to fire and to maybe get behind cover. Mm. But for some reason at the last second, you decide I'm not going behind cover. I'm going to go over this way. I'm going to go right instead of going left. You don't know why, mm. because the training says you should go left. And yeah. when you go right, but in instance, that area that you were going to go to is gone. Mm. So we can bring that back to normal civilian life and everyday things. Um, where unknowns for ourselves, we all use our gut mm. a lot. But the big difference, I, I think, for people is trusting your gut and is trusting your intuition. Yeah. I do believe that I discovered my intuitive side while I was in the military. And that was whether or not it was in simple circumstances, like on a course where I decided again to go against the rules or the training to, to achieve, to um, succeed in certain aspects, to, to change the game. And I, I know there was a famous uh, general who said that um, no plan survives first contact. And it's what I always use in life. We can plan for our, our business. We can plan for our relationships. But once we hit that first curveball, once we hit that first no or that first negative energy, we, we have to readjust and, and maneuver mm -hmm. and use our gut because our plan has not failed. It's just taken on a different course. Yes. And if we can use our intuition and our gut to go different directions, then we're open to new pathways. Then we're open to, to um, using that energy we have, that natural ability. We can get lost in the, the steps to achieve, the 10 steps to success. Yes. Um, because everybody has 10 steps to success. But if, if they work for them, they may not work for me. Yes. But if I can use my intuition to, to change my course, we can avoid danger, we can avoid loss, we can mm -hmm. avoid disappointment, um, and we can learn to trust it. And in saying that, some people will trust their gut and still something will happen. And yes. that's when they lose faith. Yes. They lose faith in their own instincts. 
Yes. And we're, we're fast losing that, I, I believe, as a human race, because we want the stats. Yeah. We want the, um, the studies. We want to know everything instead of saying, OK, I'm going to go with the flow. That's the word you've used numerous times now. And I love it. I'm going to see what happens. Yes. I'm going to go with the flow instead of questioning what if, what will, if I, there are all these fear questions, anxious questions, when we can decide in an instance and be decisive and take action. For me, what's the worst that can happen? Yes. We can learn and then we can move on. Yeah. Um, I hope that kind of. Oh, totally. Your question. Totally. Yeah. Oh, there's so many kind of connections mm. that I'm making in it. And it's like, you know, very often in places where, where we were together in the same space and you would have shared stories of the military and you making those kind of almost split second decisions to do something differently than what was planned. Um, the I suppose I always think of Viktor Frankl and his book where he talked about, you know, the, um, what's it called? <laughs> Man's Search for Meaning, um, where he was a child in the, um, in Auschwitz, in, in the yes. camps with the Nazis. And it's like how he would stand there in a queue and it's like, if you twitch, you know, you're gone, you know, and then he would just have this gut feeling as a child, he would go, it's like, I, I need to, I need to go to the other line. And he would, without being spotted, just move to the other line. And it would always be the right choice for him where the other line would have been sent to the gas chambers, you know, yeah. and they weren't. So, and he was the only surviving member of his family. Um, but he, he, and he was also the founder of logo therapy, you know, kind of word therapy yes. and all of that. But he, he was, you know, at that time, you know, in our civilizations, I think there was a lot of thought about and the human experience and humanity and, you know, the humanist way of thinking and all of that. And he was the first person to start breaking away from that. Not the first one, maybe, but, you know, in those fields, um, in philosophy and all of that, to start bringing in more of the spirit and go, there's actually something inside of you, too. It's not just about your circumstances that cultivate who you are <laughs> you know there's something else as well and um and i'm i'm a big believer in that for for our businesses as well you know yeah. whereas like and and yes i suppose my own business could do with more consistency and stats <laughs> it could probably could do with more of that and but it's like i i am a great believer in inspired action you know it's like i could have the best plans for the day and it's like, sometimes there, I just get this gut feeling. It's like, do you know what, Joanne, you need to do this today. It's like, and, and very often, if I have followed through on that, it would have opened up new opportunities or different doors, or it would have completed a project or whatever it is. Whereas if I stuck to the plan that was laid out for the week, yeah. you know, I might've missed out on those opportunities or whatever it might've been. So, and I love how, um, you know, wine, oh, oh, wine. Wayne Dyer talks about, um, you know, the, where the word inspire come from. The inspiration is the root word of it is, is in spirit, yeah. whereas information comes from being informed. You know, mm -hmm. so it's information. It's all heady. But inspiration comes from being in spirit, you know, yeah. uh, or inspirado, as he used to say. So it's like, yeah, it's like, so I'm, I'm a great, as you know. <laughs> I'm a great supporter of that and for us to cultivate that and and that is something I think I you know I I don't know where do you feel that was cultivated in you um 
was it as a child or do you feel like your experience in the military really really like I said cracked us open you know um, to that kind of thing or do you feel that was really something that was instilled through family as well was it something um I, I don't think it, just going back to your story about Victor Frankl I think a, yes. key, a key point you mentioned there was as a child yes those yes. decisions yes. because yes. as an adult he may have conformed and stayed in life yes yes and not trusted the feeling to go that's so true and he embraced it and took the step even though he knew it was dangerous he, yes. he stepped into his fear yes. to change line yes in order to preserve or to change his course yes um, and I, I believe that's what we need to do in business in in life and relationships is to to change line when it's not working or we know yes. where we have to move and um, I don't believe for me the in, intuition side was as a child mm. I don't think so mm. um I would put a lot of it down to my father's death okay. and spending a lot of time alone with myself and questioning myself and my actions, I, I, I suppose, yeah. and spending, spending time wondering what life's all about and the big question of it. Mm. I, that's quite possibly where I started. As a, as a child, I felt this has nothing to do with my family, as in my teachings or school or learnings from people. But I, I did find an awareness and even to be different sometimes, yeah. not to be that I wasn't that kid in school who was on his own in the corner, but sometimes time stood still for me. And I think we all may have had that moment where it's like tumbleweed goes by and you're like, wow, what's happening? And I've had that numerous times as a child and, um, where the world stops and it's spinning, but I'm standing still and I'm, I can, I can see a lot more and mm -hmm. um, almost see and connect with energies. Yeah. And it's great that your podcast is going out to people who get you because <laughs> what I'm going to, what I'm going to say next, well, you might get some, you might lose some oh, listeners but... <laughs> or gain listeners. <laughs> yeah. I used to tell a story when I was, um, especially when there's a family event or an occasion and there's a couple of drinks involved and I, I'd be brave enough to share that I always used the, um, the Bruce Willis movie about um, I see dead people. Oh, yes. And it was intriguing for me to watch that because over the years, I felt I've had, I've really had a connection with spirits. Yes. And not that I get information or I get, have conversations or they come and visit me at nighttime, but I get fleeting images of of people who weren't actually there mm -hmm. um, yes. and and there's, there's one there's a couple of instances that i that I share with you and we can explain this the the analysts and the scientists will explain it and say it's because i wanted to see these things or mm -hmm. but for me it's energy and you, you can't you can't explain energy away because it's there no. i had numerous incidents where i would go to out the back and after my father's death years later but i'd walk into him Oh yeah. I could see his. I couldn't see his his face. I couldn't yeah. see him, but his energy. I could walk into his energy, oh. and it was bone chilling. Yeah. It was that hair stands up in the back of your head, wow. of your neck, and I, I I know he was there. I'd feel it. Um, but more even more vivid. I've actually been in a doctor's surgery, where I was directed to a waiting room, and I went into the waiting room where there was a couple having a conversation and there was a lady reading a magazine but when I sat down and picked up a book and flicked through it 
and looked up, there was no one in the room. So I, I've had a lot of these experiences that I'd keep wow. to myself. Wow. But, yeah. Like for a long time. And this is before, obviously I'd seen the Bruce Willis movie because I know someone's going, oh, you watched the Bruce Willis movie and it's in your head. It, it happened for a long, long time with me and it still does happen. And I don't talk about it too much because yeah. obviously Sandra um, wouldn't would like to be hearing stories about seeing dead people um, or my boys. But it's sometimes I'll see a figure yes. in, in, in the room. I'll see a figure at the window and it's, it's not a cloaked, scary person. It's just a, it's just a person. Yeah. And I often feel, and this, this might be a curveball for other people, but when I'm alone in the forest and I'm, I, I'm on my, my walks, I, I like to sit down and embrace the energy of the forest. Mm -hmm. And at times I hear and see voices, images mm -hmm. of people, and they're coming through. And mm -hmm. it might be from a different era. It might be from around me, but it's, it's never people I know. Yes. So for me, that's spiritual. It's, yeah, it's um, a connection, energy connection. Yes, that absolutely. I don't have because I'm special. No, no. It's just that I may be open. I may be open to it, um, and and that's where I am. And it's funny we we mentioned it at the the weekends at the the Wolf Walk, mm -hmm. and I said it was amazing to be in a group of people where I could say openly, um, about a past life or my yes. recurring dreams. Yes. Um, or stuff that I, I remember. I do. I remember as a kid, I was in um, primary school and my English teacher, because I used to, I was a good writer. So the class had to come up with different topics for me to write that wouldn't involve the military or war. Okay. This is at 10, 11, 12. Wow. So they'd come up with various different um, titles and one was the bicycle. Oh. So I had to go home and write a story about the bicycle. But I, I wrote a story about a prisoner of war who escapes from, it's funny you say, from a concentration camp who um, stole a bicycle and cycled across wow. Europe. Wow. To get away. But the interesting thing about this was that I mentioned um, some locations in, in Eastern Russia that my English teacher had said, you couldn't know where they are. You couldn't know. He brought in my mom and says, what does he read? He couldn't know where this location is. He couldn't know that name at his age. Wow. So for me, that's a deep connection. It's, okay. there's so much more going on. Yeah. Maybe that's for another podcast. Maybe, yes. maybe you're looking at me and you're saying, my God. No, not at all. No, not at all. Yeah. It's, um, I've always had them feelings through my life. Wow. And yeah. It's, I didn't embrace them fully until I did some work with you. Okay. And that very first meditation we did with the, uh, with the Tibetan bowls and the journey I went on. Yes. Um, which I've I've never taken the narcotics that other people have taken and gone on trips. But believe me, it was what I imagine some of them experienced because it was so in-depth. Mm -hmm. But not only that, it was the one-to-one -one work with you who where, where you allowed me to go back to that day that my mm -hmm. my father passed and to, to see mm -hmm. myself as that little boy. Mm -hmm. And to understand really that mm -hmm. um I was still that little boy yes. in mm -hmm. the in that place. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't that acceptance yes. of death. I had that acceptance that, that life changes and, and how we react to that and yes. and respond ultimately yes. is going to map out our future. Yes. And when we can learn to have that acceptance to life, yes. something's out of our control. Yes. yes. Um, and not accept it in a negative way, but accept it in a positive way. And things are hard to accept, but mm. 
we have to embrace this as not an idea. It's really a fact that we're here yeah. and we do what we can and then we pass on. Yeah. And who we leave behind, hopefully we leave them in a better state. And yeah. for me, that's, that's the people search for the meaning of life. They're like, why are we here? I need to achieve more and get better cars. I need to get more money. But for me, it's the it's not a legacy you leave behind in, in the monetary sense. It's the people you've impacted yeah. on, in a heartfelt way. It's what it's how you've brought up your kids. It's how you've been there for your friends. It's how you've listened to people. Yes. It's how you've taken, not taken on board their pain, yes. but how you've shared yeah. and, and being there for people. And for me, that's what life is here. We're here to nurture each other and to grow. Like every other living thing on the planet is yeah. here to work together, to grow and live, but we don't do that, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Mm. You know, and, and we are ultimately spiritual beings having mm. a human experience. And, you know, we place so many restrictions on having that human experience that um, we, we don't really get to do our job that we came here to do mm. because ultimately we are this energy poured into this house that takes us around <laughs> this beautiful planet mm. to have all these experiences to grow to be there for others you know to help people evolve and grow and ultimately I suppose just raise the consciousness and the vibration you know but it's like we we get distracted and we chase the things that keeps us small and um yeah and ultimately and those human experiences aren't just wonderful experiences they are the whole rainbow of human experiences you know yeah. and you know, there's, there's one big change i've made and it was yourself and sandra who really hammered this home to me i've always chased a label i need a title whether it's a personal trainer whether it's a coach a facilitator yeah. what do i call myself yes um and through listening to you and listening to Sandra, I, I realized I don't need a title. Yeah. I am David. I am me. And, yeah. and, and that's it. And um, while I'm quite open and heartfelt and understanding and emotional, um, I'm, I'm also, I don't pull punches. I don't put my arm around you and coach you along. <laughs> I, I poke the bear and I do it to myself first in a positive way. So I've, I had a conversation with myself to say you don't need to have a title you don't need your boys to say what is your dad he's a soldier that was it that was heartbreaking for me yes that they couldn't say my dad's a soldier so what did your dad do and it's, it's like my dad is my dad that's the that's the main thing i want i want to have in life um so the chasing labels for me was a a, a big barrier yeah to get to where i am today yeah, yeah. Because I was always achieving, trying to find that course to get me a title, trying to find a job to get me a title. Yes. Where, whereas now, um, yeah. free is a, a word I use. I use yeah. it the weekends. Yeah, beautiful. So it's, it, it's free. Yeah, beautiful. And it's like, and uh, you know, that just brings the thought of who who do we want these titles for? You know, and it's like you say there. You know, it was heartbreaking that my boys couldn't say, "Oh, my dad's a soldier." to you their most important the more most important role to them is you being their dad <laughs> exactly you know um yeah and it's like and you are being that to them so it's like who do we want these titles for really you know it's a question i think we should all ask yeah. ourselves you know at the end of the day yeah how amazing <laughs> i love i love this con this these conversations and it's like 
actually i don't know if you've watched it it's like they they recently i don't know if it's still on there was a, a series on netflix around near-death experiences well it started out as near-death death experience <laughs> the one one or two episodes and then it went down a completely different route um around spirituality and mediumship and all kinds of things um but the i think the last two episodes in that series is about children who remembered past lives like that Okay. I could remember dates. There was one lad that was a soldier. He was a pilot. And he said, it's like, this was my life. This is where I was shot down. This is, you know, this is, and you name things. And so much so it's like, and we'd wake up with night terrors and things. Um, and so much so that at the end of the day, the parents literally took him to this place, I think it was somewhere near Hawaii or somewhere. I can't remember, or Japan. I don't know which one it was, but it's like, um, he um, had to go and say goodbye to him and it was so real to him yeah and it was it was but it was made very moving very moving yeah. yeah it's 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 funny because that's it's one thing i've um i did mention there is that's an experience i've had from a very young child is the yeah. night terrors um, oh my, yes and and seeing images wow. and faces and my uniform um even transcripts like words <laughs> that i wouldn't have known as a child but as I got older, um, I obviously could, could could read the words in in a lot of the dreams, and it was it wasn't a dream as in I'm creating something from reading a book. It's yeah. it's it's a recurring dream from yes. when I was very very young yeah. that never changed. Yes, it might have grown. Yes, and added in more stuff as I got older, but became more clear. Yes. but it was um, horrifying, and yeah. um, like night terror would be the word i'd use it's yeah, yeah. waking up in that cold sweat and yeah. almost feeling you're there yes, yes where you're actually in that location and it's it can be an, an awful experience and it still happens yeah. and sometimes I'll, I'll jump awake and yeah, yeah. I, I know i'm back there but yeah. um it's it's something i've never looked into it's yeah, okay i've never pursued but um i do believe i will at some stage because I know the way you're nodding at me that you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> We're happy to go on that journey with you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it is, it's like, um, yeah, and it's funny, it's like I've had some of kind of fleeting moments and something that I suppose that I, I that's just popping up for me right now. And um, it's something that I mentioned to, to another therapist recently as well, is when I did all, a lot of the shamanic training and stuff, um, it just, it opened up a whole other part of life to me and also reconnected me to a part of life I've left behind. And it's, it's very funny. It's like, um, I don't know, even if you know this, but not, not a lot of people know this, but it's like, I grew up in a born again Christian household. So it was not so much evangelist, you know, Bible belting kind of household, but more so uh, you have a direct connection, you know, and a very much an openness to spirit and to the Holy Spirit. And, you know, those kind of things were cultivated um, in me. So it's like I always had an openness to spirituality and the unseen as much as the seen, you know, um, but I, through psychology and a lot of that studying for many years, it's not that I left it behind, but it moved into the background. Yep. And what was really interesting, and it was like the most unlikely place, like shamanism reconnected me back to a lot of those kind of things. 
And I remember my first shamanic journey. I met Jesus in wow. my journey. And okay. it's like, and at the end, you know, I don't want to go through the whole thing, but at the end, he said, he just turned to me and said, everything's going to be okay. And I, I, I woke or, you know, opened my eyes, you know, and the, the drumming was still going on. I went, what was that? <laughs> but I can tell you now, Dave, if Jesus didn't meet me there <laughs> on that first journey, I don't know if I would have continued yeah. in developing those skills, you know, um, because it was just so far removed. <laughs> You, you talk about, you know, kind of a hippie community, but yeah. it's like, it was just so different um, from, from my psychology head to where am I, you know? If my mom sees me now, she's going to disown me. <laughs> 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 but, it's like, but anyway, but it's like, it reconnected me, you know, to a part of myself. But moving on from that and having done all the training it's like i found such amazing healing modalities and ways of working with people in that that help to connect them to their spirits and like my teacher says you know um like taking a shamanic journey it's like the path of direct revelation where you go into those depths of yourself you know that inter eternal being of who you are yeah. and to do the the healing work you know uh, whatever it might be around those night terrors whatever it could be the cause of it and but I had a huge block you know to, from a business perspective now huge block was like how am I going to fit all of this in to the, my psychotherapy profile it's like I really had a problem <laughs> fitting it in because back then I had a website called drops of change <laughs> it's like it was all lovely psychotherapy things like how do I fit all of this in here you know, it's like I could just see the, the frowning faces and the, the, the disapproval from, which were all in my own mind, but it's like, it just felt so different. And I remember I was doing work with a therapist one day and during our work, I just this vis visual popped up for me, where it's like, literally, it's like this woman with kind of a hood over her head running through a forest and she was clutching something like a, like a bag, you know. I want to call it a medicine bag. There were so, like herbs or something in it. And running through the forest with this feeling of, if they see me, I'm dead. If they catch me, mm -hmm. I'm gone. You know, so literally hiding and kind of, yeah, it, it was terrifying. But it's like, so it was Michael Lee, actually, and was my therapist at the time. And it's like, we did a lot of work on that, you know, on that, I suppose, reconciling with that part of me. Yeah medicine woman was it like that is it a mm. is it a memory is it just a a thing that my imagination is conjuring up of this is how it how I'm feeling who knows what it was but I did a lot of work around that but finally then connected it and, and like you Dave was without the label yes. and you know it's like my my business then or the work I do then moved into this is Joanne McMillan and this is all the work she does instead of trying to fit a label and Joanne works for this label but it's like you know it's so important that we keep doing that inner work you know as entrepreneurs you know to go to the next stage because we can totally like you use the word on Sunday if we create these prisons in our minds yeah yes we imprison ourselves um from taking that or for our own growth but also we the, if we imprison ourselves we don't get to help the people that we are here to help <laughs> you know we keep ourselves small but like that as well I think 
you know, once again, like I said, these things don't stay behind when we put on the suit when we go out to work. You know, they come with us and those fears oh. and doubts and, you know, and self-doubts and things that, you know, thoughts we have, emotions we have, don't stay behind. It's like, it's so important that we keep doing our work. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And, you know, we can sometimes um, put ourselves down and think we're not good enough to, to be the CEO or to be yeah. the, the yeah. next person as a, a successful entrepreneur. Um, and when I say successful, I mean to find your happiness, to find yes. your passion, not yes. to be at a certain level. Yes. But I can't recall, as always, a quote, but I remember listening to um, a podcast recently where this guy interviewed one of the top CEOs in America. And when they left the boardroom and went into a room alone, mm. he said, what do, what do we do? What do we do? Yeah. And he said, you're the CEO. He says, you don't know who knows. And he says, I'm, I'm winging it. And the guy who did the podcast said, when we realize that everyone in life is, is winging it, we're doing our best. That's all we can do. And we're showing up. Yes. We, don't, we never have all the answers. We never know what's going to happen next, because if we're if we're focused on ourselves and being present, we, we can grow. Yes. If we constantly ask those what ifs, the anxiety, the fear, the hope that we create ourselves before we even leave the house, before we get up out of bed in the morning we've already shackled ourselves to the yes. floor. Yes. We've added in more balls and chains that we can't drag around with us. Yes. And we become heavy in our emotion. And when we're heavy in our, in our emotion, there's no clarity, there's no confidence, there's no, there's no desire to mm -hmm. keep that internal flame going. Mm -hmm. And instead of people putting it out for us, we actually put it out ourselves. Yes. Because we're terrified of what people think. Yes. So we create that narrative in our head as to, he must be saying this or she must think that before we even take action. True. And it's, it's funny you said about trying to fit in your, your two, your businesses and the way they were like chalk and cheese, or yeah. I, I, I find that with, um, I've struggled up till recently saying that I do shamanic meditations or saying that I do breath work yes. because I was terrified of the people who know me as the military sergeants or as the, the personal trainer oh my god what and i sometimes get it i get the odd message of like what are you doing or who do you think yeah. you are or what's yeah. this and i kind of smile because for me that's a fear it's mm -hmm. an anxiety that those people have because mm -hmm. it's also a want mm -hmm. because they like to change they like to embrace things mm -hmm. but they're terrified of that first step yes. and it, it comes to mind that i've often had clients who would say to me they come and see the gym and what we have to offer and then they'll message me when they when they're not in my presence and say i'm going to get fit before i come to your gym <laughs> or a client who will say i'm not going to do your elite mindset course or go on a wolf walk until i get my mindset right and again that's fear and anxiety of taking the first step because if they only looked outside of themselves at the bigger picture yeah. as to what they need to achieve but look inside as to how they can do it is to take action yes. and the trust and to say, I'm going to go and do this and not be fearful of what people think. Not, not to be afraid of being the beginner. Yes, absolutely. Giving over the control, which is what we're terrified of losing, to be guided somewhere. Not to give over the control of your life, but yes. to have someone be there for you, to guide you. Yes. And it's, it's the people who make changes are the people who say, okay, I need to get fitter. Yes. I'm going to join your gym. Yes. I need to improve my mindset. I'm going to join your program. 
Yes. And if they don't take that step, they're going to stay where they are, stay static. Yes, true. True. Absolutely. And I have to say that is something <laughs> I remember. I signed up for one of um, yeah, the yeah. King Fitness f uh, groups once and I thought to myself, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> but I have to say, it's like, and I had that fear of, oh my goodness, no, I, I need to get to a certain level before I can join. And my experience was completely the opposite of you guys really met me where I was at and yeah, and very supportive. So yeah, and yeah, and we just have to take that step in overcoming that fear. Um, yeah. In, in saying that, it can be, it can kind of sound uh, flippant to me to say, you need to just step out and do it yeah. because it's, it's hard for people, it's difficult. And whether you understand that, everybody has their own, as you said, baggage. Mm. So we all arrive or leave our house with this up here. Yeah. Just like what we've created, a lot of it. Yes. That mind, mind prison up here. Yes. And I often think of, I've, I've worked with people who were afraid to go into a shop. They'd sit in park and sit in their car mm. for 20 minutes and drive home because mm. they were terrified going to the shop. Yeah. They, and they said, they had, I, I, have, I have anxiety. So I can't go in. Yes. So their first, their first doubt was I can't go in there. And then they created more anxiety by giving themselves a label saying I have anxiety. Yes. Yes. Really, when we get to the, to the when we like say reverse engineer it, the reason they don't want to go into the shop is not because of the shop or to buy stuff. It's in case they met a certain person or in case okay. somebody would ask them a question yes. and they weren't comfortable okay. with it. Okay. So it was a fear created the anxiety. And we all have our fears. So it's a fear of going to the gym and being unfit. It's a fear of yeah. going to work with a mindset coach and not knowing what to do. Yes. Um, we, we all have self-doubt in, in everything we do, yes. but it's, it's not a switch. But when we have that, when we change our internal dialogue and say, really, to be honest, it's making a choice. Yes. Do I want to stay here or do I want to improve? And no one can make the choice for you. You have to cowboy up and say, do you know what? Let's get after this. Let's take action and let's yeah. change. And, yeah. and that's what it's about. But it can be hard. And I get that to reach out for help. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, Dave, I can, we can sit and talk all day. I'd say, I say, I used to, we should do a day long podcast. <laughs> it's like, take out the day with Dave and Joanne. <laughs> but it's like, um, I'm going to ask you one last question that's going to put you on okay. the spot. Yeah. So, if you were to impart three things to people, say if we pop our clogs today and you say, I don't want to leave this planet without telling people these three life truths, what would they be? Okay. Again, I often wonder, are these scripted with a podcast? Because people always <laughs> have great answers. They have fantastic answers. <laughs> um, the first one that springs to mind straight away is take ownership. Mm, yes. Take ownership of where you are. Um, so one is to take ownership. It's to understand where you are in your life map mm. is while it's been affected by outside influence and things that are over control, but it, it's really the location I'm in now is down to the choices I've made yeah. and how I've reacted initially and then how I responded because mm. we all react naturally to yes. adversity, to, to debts, to shock, yeah. to happiness it's an emotion. Yes. But when we react, it's like that fight or flight, yes. we have a choice whether we can run, we can stand still, or we can or we can fight. Yes. When we breed 
and embrace that and understand it. Yeah. Then we can react. Sorry, then we can respond. Yes. In a positive way. Yes. We can understand the maybe negative involved, but we can respond as best we can. Yes. So take ownership of where you are. Yes. And the second one is is to stop blaming yourself for perceived failings to stop blaming where you're from mm -hmm. to stop blaming your parents because they got divorced to stop blaming your friends because you got picked before you on the football team to stop blaming Mick in the office because you got the promotion mm -hmm. to stop blaming your partner because your relationship broke down yeah we need to stop the blame but mainly for ourselves because when things go wrong in our life when we're not where we want to be we have that, and I've experienced this with the person I've talked. I've done it. I'm a bad father. I'm a bad partner. I'm a bad businessman. I'm not good at my job. And I spent a long time in that zone where self-battering, I call it. Mm -hmm. And I blame myself. So yes. the two of them are linked. Yes. If we can stop that blame game. Yes. Because blaming is an excuse. Yes. It's a belly rub. Yes. So I blame others through my own belly because I haven't achieved. Yes. Or I blame myself. I'm useless. Yes. And it creates anger and fear mm. and distrust. Mm. And it keeps us static. Mm. And my third one, so those two linked together. My, my third one sounds quite quite simple. Mm. And it, it is quite simple to me because we don't really have any other choice as humans. And that's to take action. Mm. To take an ownership, stopping the blame game, and take an action at a three points because yes. movement and flow. You mentioned flow there a few times. And I, I actually love that word. It's, it's like my power word that I use all the time. In order to create flow, we yes. first have to have movement. Yes. So by stop blaming, by taking ownership and making choices, we can take action. Yes. And we can take action towards our fears. Yes. Because that's where the magic is. That's where the happiness is. That's where the stillness is. It's where our fears are. Yeah. Our fears are there for a reason. They're popping up. We don't have to see them. We can see them as hope or fear, which mm. is the same emotion response. It's mm. anxiety. It's worry. The what ifs. How am I going to do this? It's like when you go to the edge of a diving board and you're, you're suddenly thinking, can I jump off this diving board? And then you realize people are watching you. So you feel, I have to do it. I better do it because people are watching me. Make a decision. Do you mm. want to jump off a diving board? for them so you can be seen to do it in the public eye mm. or do you want to jump off for you because it's something you want to embrace to feel empowered to feel amazing every way your body what our body can do mm. or do you sit there and do nothing mm. and that's kind of the way life is we have a choice mm -hmm. and before i finish um it's actually something that i know special forces guy do so they can't they're terrified of water they'll go and they learn to swim they'll go and jump in and they learn to swim they're terrified of heights they'll go and they'll go up high they'd embrace their fear because as we progress the more we embrace our fears and learn to understand them not get over them people say get over your fear you can't just get over fear mm. if you go and take action and confront your fear and learn how to embrace it yes and to experience it yes then other other fears become part of your day part of your week part of your year and then we can take steps forward because yes. we've built up confidence we've built up a resilience fortitude mm -hmm. and we've built up 
what I, I take a take from you there, our internal GPS, we know where we're going. Yeah. And it goes off course sometimes. Yeah. But as you said, in our exercise, you took the hardest route, but you came out, you come out at the ends where we wanted you to go or where you wanted to go. <laughs> so that's it. Take ownership, yeah. stop the blame game and take action and get after it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And what you said there about fear, going after the fear, it's like Joseph Campbell's words of the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. Definitely. Yeah. It's like, you know, we're so scared to go after the fear, but that is very often where our answer is, you know, and then my analytical mind where's the question is like is that what you're really afraid of is to get the solution or the answer because then you have to change quite true yeah you get yeah. to the end yes exactly yeah what, um, what's next yes yeah yeah and you know we we all have strength inside and mm. um, especially in the modern day era we tend to look for support the whole time we want people to support us to like us on Facebook, to like us on Instagram, to tell us we're doing the right thing, to look for that push. But really we have an inbuilt ability to blaze our own trail. Yeah. yeah. To, not, to not worry about what other people think because we're all here to impact the world and to develop it in a yeah. positive way. And I love using Casey, my, my own boy, who is uh, five. And every time, every time I try and help him, no matter what it is, yeah. he sees himself as a superhero. Yeah. And he immediately puts his hand up and says, very strongly, I've got this, Dad. Aww. I've got this. And that's his youthful enthusiasm. But if we can tap into that, as I said back at the way it started this, there's still a child inside of me yes. that has that excitement that the what if questions I ask myself is not, oh, what if I fail? Yeah. It's what if I don't try it? Yeah. What if I don't do it? What if I don't jump? What if I don't go into that cave? Yeah. I'll miss out. Oh, if you're missing out in a positive way yeah amazing yeah you've got this Dave <laughs> <laughs> oh listen thank you so so much what a wonderful conversation um, love having coffee with you and if anybody is looking to get in touch with Dave you can go to davidking.ie I'll put it in the show notes below and also he's Wolfwalks Ireland and pages on that same website so yeah have a look at it and do yourself a favor and book a wolf walk you will not be sorry <laughs> dave thank you so much and uh, we shall talk to you again soon thanks so much for having me on joanne i really appreciate it and uh, thanks to the listeners Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Let's Get Into It coaching podcast. I just loved sharing with you today. And I truly believe that our intuition is one of our most important tools to help guide us on our journey through life. Join me again on the next episode when we will talk about more ways we can increase our intuitive intelligence. This is your host, Joanne McMillan from joanne.ie. And until next time, let's stay into it.